Uh, look, it's awesome to be here tonight, and I know many of you have come because you're believing God for a prophetic word, but, but I don't want to do this. No, don't stand. Don't sit, please. Don't sit. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. It's really irrelevant whether you hear Don Lake or Helen Lake speak tonight. What's relevant is whether you meet Jesus Christ. And the moment these guys started singing this song, I began weeping because I believe there are miracles in the house tonight. And I've discovered this, you know, the miraculous in our lives as believers. And I just want to say this, if you're not a believer in Jesus tonight, there's a miracle still available for you. He's actually completely unconcerned about your state tonight. Because God loves blessing us and doing us good. And if you're a believer in Jesus, I've discovered this, that my limitation and the ability to receive a miracle is not so much my unbelief as my unforgiveness. Where I've got relationships that are not restored and working well, or where I'm carrying sin in my life that I haven't found a solution to, that's a greater block to the miracle-working power of God in my life than my ability to believe or not. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Be transformed through the renewing of your mind. And one, one, one way of defining, these guys are doing fine. I like the volume. Yeah, if you guys can hear me, I'm happy with this. You guys are doing a great job tonight. Can I just say that? Come on, give me a hand. You guys are doing a great job. I was standing here thinking, I wouldn't mind if Aram just took us on for a long time. I don't really mind here. This is, he's creating an environment here. These guys are creating an environment of faith. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Be renewed by the be transformed through the renewing of your mind. And one of the ways of defining that word mind in the Greek is reason. And, and I just was in church, I just thought this, sometimes we think some things are reasonable. And sometimes we need to have our minds transformed so that we'll begin believing in things that are unreasonable. Hello? It's unreasonable to think that God would heal me miraculously. That's unreasonable. Uh, I'm, I'm medically trained, so I had uh, seven years of medical training, $125,000 of taxpayers' money, to tell you what's unreasonable. And it's unreasonable to expect to come into a public meeting like this, sick or unhealed, and go out healed. That's unreasonable. But I want to tell you, God is about the process of transforming our minds, renewing our thinking to shift from what is reasonable to what is unreasonable. And I want you to join me tonight in some unreasonable expectation of our God to do some amazing things in us tonight. Amen? Because I think there's an environment here where we engage in faith, God can do anything. And then I want us to sing this, uh, I believe, I believe, which is, whatever we need to get this done. I, then I want to lead you in a prayer because many of you have come tonight needing a miracle. Amen? Oh. I need a miracle. I don't know what your family situation is like, but my family situation needs a miracle. Not my wife and children or grandchildren, but my, my brothers and sisters, my whanau need a miracle. We need a miracle in our family because the whole bunch of them are not going to heaven at the moment. And right, we need a miracle to turn that around. We need a miracle to see God change and transform our nation right now. Of a nation that's going away from God and instead of towards and now away from Him. And I want to say this, God loves proving Himself to us. And the miraculous is normal, natural for Christian believers. Hello, I'm sorry. We live in an unusual, unnatural, abnormal world where we're not experiencing the miraculous. The early church experienced it every day to the point where even the shadow of the leaders brought healing. That's natural. That's normal. That's, church, that's normal church life. And we live in something less when we're not believing God to do the miraculous. And I don't know what state you came in tonight, but you've come to the right place to receive a miracle. We're going to
going to sing this through. I'm going to pray. We're going to deal with some issues in our lives. And then we're going to believe God will do a miracle for you tonight. Whether it's of healing, of finances, or relationships. Our God is a miracle-working God. Our God is a miracle-working God. Come on, our God is a miracle-working God. Not Don Lake, not Helen Lake. Our God is a miracle-working God. Come on, I believe. I believe in you. I believe in you. You, Jesus. Your power. before God, the thing you need Him to meet with you in tonight, it could be tiny, it could be a relationship that needs to be resolved, it could be as some finances you need to be able to just get through to next week. I want you in your left hand to hold what it is that God has got for you. Well, whatever size that is that you need, a miraculous intervention of God in your life right now, I want you to hold that in your, right, in your left hand to say, God, I'm presenting this before you right now. In your right hand, I want you to recognize this. God, is there a relationship that I have let break down that I need to bring restitution to? Is there something I've let enter into my heart or I need to reconcile with a friend or a brother or a parent or child or somebody at work or somebody I study with? God, is there a relationship that's broken down because I want to exercise my will tonight to forgive whatever caused that breakdown? I want to make an agreement with you tonight. I'm going to step over that bridge and find that person and reconcile with that man or that woman, that child or that adult. Whatever it is that, that you know is in your right hand, come on, we need to deal with that with all our might right now. There's an area of sin and in your life you know, God, this blocks me from being able to believe you because I feel so shameful, so inadequate, so incomplete every time I think of this. Come right now, whatever it is that's causing you to stand in that place, some unmet need, some emotional gap, some offense that's taken place in the past in your life, some disconnect that's taken, that's happened for you right now, whatever it is that's brought you in that, that's in your right hand as well. And I want you to speak to those things that are in, in, your, in your hand right now. Just pray with me right now tonight. Father God, I recognize my need to reconcile with these things that you've shown to me tonight. I commit myself to bringing them to rights so I might walk in freedom and uprightness before you tonight in Jesus' name. I want you to take, I pray, Father, Replace what's been in my hand with your grace right now. Your miracles supply for me. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I don't, what I want you to do, I want you to take 
what's in your left hand, that need that you've got, that place of, of the miraculous that you need right now. And I want you to put it in your right hand where the grace of God is ready to grab hold of your life right now. And in the name of Jesus, on the count of three, we're believing for a miracle to rush across this auditorium tonight to heal bodies, to resolve our hearts, to set free minds, to bring about release and freedom in relationships in the name of Jesus. When we do this, I'm believing for a miracle tonight in this place that's gonna change lives forever. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare this over our own experience right now, the miraculous, released amongst us in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One, two, three. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, if you know something's happened, I want you to give a huge applause to Jesus right now. Come on, just across this place, an agreement. Come on, God, you've done something in my life right now. Father, you've released something for me. And I'm agreeing with you, Lord. Release this today in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. My body, my mind, my heart, my spirit. you to come forward or anything. If you know that God has done something significant for you, can you just put your hand up right where we are right now? Just, just across this order to him. Anyone who's received from Jesus. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Anyone else you just know God. Good on you. Anyone else? Just hand right up. This is not a salvation. This is just a faith and encouragement to others around you. What I want you to do, I want you to, I want you to place your hand on the person beside you right now, on your left or right. Just find them. I'm not going to take long over this because I'm going to preach. We are going to minister. Can I just want us to, to agree right now for the grace of Jesus to flow. Thank you, Father. Your goodness is towards us. Your heart is unchanging and its desire to bless us and overwhelm us with the presence of heaven. So we allow ourselves just for a moment to be immersed in your presence tonight. Hallelujah. There's no sickness in your presence. There's no fear in your presence. There's no pain in your presence. Right now, the person with a gallbladder problem, God just is releasing healing for you right now. Somebody with a mess in your abdomen, God is healing you right now. He's bringing the touch of heaven to shrink and change that thing. person just with, with a shortened leg that's given you back pain and all of the problems with that, you've already got a lifted heel or you're planning on it. Just the presence of God is here tonight to heal. Hallelujah. You're wonderful. Just recognize how amazing you are, Lord Jesus. We release you to walk amongst us tonight, healing our friend, our brother, our, our relative, person on our right, the person on our left, just 
changing their lives forever right now because you're a good, good God. Your favour and your kindness is towards us. We receive your kindness tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're unchanging, you're trustworthy. Your answer to our every need in Jesus is yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't you take your seats? Isn't God good? I want to tell you that I said to Luke that he doesn't have to keep playing, but I've changed my mind because we've only got another 20 minutes or so. Uh, one of the things that I, the reason I come to church is because of moments just like that. It's really great when somebody preaches because that inspires my faith and gives me structure and framework to walk out my Christian life and believe God and allows me to be a better disciple and follower of Jesus. That's why I love hearing the Word of God spoken. I love worship because it sensitizes my heart to the presence of God. But it's moments like this where our faith together unlocks something. I can't get it home in my lounge. Hillsong Elevation Worship will not give this to me. That's why we come, in case you didn't realize that. It wasn't just to fulfill some obligation or to fill, fill in a Sunday night. It's because God is here. Amen? Yeah. And uh, I love that about church. I, my name's Don Lake, as has been mentioned a few times. Uh, I was um, uh, born in Rangiora, so that's my, um, that's my hometown. Uh, Southern Alps, my mountains. The Waimakuru area is my river. So that's just a small snippet of my whakapapa's tiny. <laughs> it's not even the rest. not even a, a pipiha, really. But that's my background, and I got saved when I was at high school. I was the head boy of my school. Uh, was a good person on the outside and rotting on the inside. And one night when I was 17 years old in my home uh, in Brooklyn, Wellington, uh, God came. And uh, Jesus said to me, I love you, Don, just like you are, but I've got the power to change you. Would you like that? And uh, in that moment, I said yes, because uh, I just saw the supernatural love and grace and power that there was in, in that person. He was everything I'd been looking for. He was the answer. You know, my brain is wired scientifically, and Jesus is the answer to every scientific question. It's just you can't pass university that way. <laughs> uh, and I was born again without even knowing that's what it was called. I went to school the next day, and the only other believer in my class came to me morning tea time, and she said, uh, you've become a believer in Jesus, haven't you? And I thought, oh, you know, it must be my saintly smile or something. My, something's changed the glow that's on me, you know. I mean, I was happy. I was really, really happy. And I said that to her, oh, you know, have you noticed a change? She said, oh, no, no. She, she said, the lady I lived with had a vision of you last night preaching to our school. And I knew in that moment the God that I'd come to believe in was supernatural and real. And that's driven my life since then. Uh, Helen and I met when we were both at university in Dunedin. I'd given up the thought of ever finding a wife. And uh, God said to me, I'm going to give you somebody. And uh, the day Helen was baptized in water, I was leading the worship. And Jesus said, that's it. She's the one. And, <laughs> and that was 36 years ago. So. My salvation was a miracle too. I came from a scientific background. Everyone in my family has gone into science. My dad was a scientist at Ruakura. 
he was very well known in his time. He's passed away now. My mum was a science teacher. We came from a very rational thinking background. When I was 18, I went to university down at Otago. Um, I'd grown up, um, as I said, in Hamilton, but I went down to go to Otago University. And within a couple of weeks of getting there, I had decided I wanted to become a Christian. I didn't know what that was going to look like. I had to unlearn a whole lot of stuff because I'd had some church education. But it taught me that God was out there, not that God is a God of miracles here and now today. And it took me six months to walk through that process of getting from my rational mind to my heart connection with Jesus. And one night I stood in my room and I looked out the window and all my friends that had been praying for me because I was surrounded by Christians that prayed and they talked to me about Jesus as their best friend. And I stood at that window on my own and said, Jesus, I choose to receive you into my life tonight as my Lord and Saviour. And that everything I know rationally, that I knew up here that I'd been educated, it's, it's fallen into my heart. I want to become born again. I don't know if I use those words, born again, but it began my adventure with Jesus. And the following year when I got baptised, God spoke to Don and said, she's going to be your wife. It was the beginning of, a, of another miracle. And God, it's a miracle how we... <laughs> You know, he fashions us and John's, God's fashioned our marriage into something that's amazing. That we could stand here tonight. We are very different. We're both stubborn, are we? <laughs> oh, she is. I'm just always right. <laughs> I'll, I'll deal with him later. I want to read a, just a scripture to you. And, you know, we don't plan what we're going to do. We just kind of get up and say, God, what do you want to do? I want to encourage you that we serve a God of miracles. He wants your life to be something significant simply because you put your trust in Jesus to do what needs to be done. Jesus was walking down the road one day and he cursed a fig tree and it, and it stopped bearing fruit. You know that story? And he turns to his disciples and he says, he was um, matter of fact, very matter of fact. In the message, it says, if you embrace this kingdom life and don't doubt God, you'll not only do a minor feat like um, what I did to the fig tree, but you were going to um, do triumph over huge obstacles, like miracles that we need in our life. This mountain, for instance, you'll tell, go jump in the lake and it will jump. Absolutely everything, ranging from small to large, as we make it part of your believing prayer, gets included as you lay hold of God. Absolutely everything gets included. And I want to tell you tonight, God wants absolutely everything in your life. But as you say yes to surrender and giving Him everything, He'll do whatever you need. Whether it's finding a husband, <laughs> whether it's finding a job, whether it's seeing your, your friend come to Christ, whatever it is, Jesus is so real, He's so personal. He loves us and He cares about our complicated natures. I want to tell you Jesus is here tonight. And, you know, when I was in high school, I remember my science teacher, chemistry teacher, said once in the middle of our chemistry class, do you know there are only three questions in life you need to answer? None of them are scientific. Who am I? Why am I? And why am I here? Who am I? Why am I? And why am I here? And I want to tell you, Jesus is the answer to every single one of those questions. You are who you are because sometime before time began, 
the God of heaven and earth, talked to his son and said to him, who would you like? He said, I'd like you to create Sheridan for me. I'd like you to create Jan. I want to, I want to be able to enjoy creation with some people who can enjoy me. And he decided then Jesus had create these people. They walked through life. Whether they had the chance to know him as children, I don't know. They probably did. But at some point in their lives, they asked themselves the question, who am I? And when they discovered Jesus, they discovered who they were. Oh, I'm Sheridan. I was born to worship Jesus. I'm Jan. I was born to help women come to know who Jesus is. Why am I? Well, because God loves me, fashioned me, molded me, you know, made me out of clay, put me on the shelf, pushed his finger in my tummy and made my tummy button. (laughs) Why am I here? I want to tell you that only Jesus can answer the destiny question for you. And it's one of the reasons why I love the prophetic ministries because it answers those questions as well. It gives a sense of identity. It gives me purpose and destiny. And I was was going to read a scripture, which we won't because we don't have time tonight because we're with the God of miracles. But it says of Jesus as he came to the end of his life that he knew where he came from and he knew where he was going. And so he took off his outer garment and he washed the disciples' feet. You see, because for Jesus, he knew that death wasn't his destination because he had a destiny beyond death. And tonight, if you don't know Jesus, I'm going to tell you, you have the choice about what your destiny looks like after death. You can grapple and struggle on your own and try and make life look good and, and achieve God's you know, attention and pleasure. But without Jesus in your life, you'll never actually be able to bridge that gap. Only Jesus can get you over the gap. But the moment you choose to relinquish your control over your life and let him come in and take over, you've already passed over from death to life. And your destination is determined. Your destiny is determined. Life is inside you, so there's no way you can die. I am not going to go to hell. I can't. That's so nice. I can muck up and make all sorts of crazy things go wrong. I'm not going to go to hell because life is inside me and my life just doesn't belong down there. You like that? And tonight, before we finish, not now, but before we finish, we're going to give you the chance if you've never made a decision for Jesus to make that choice to pass over and to choose your destination so your destiny is secure. We We are going to prophesy with some people right now. You're going to start? Yeah, good. Um, Sean, isn't it? Um, would you like to stand up? Would that be, are you comfortable with that? I want to say to you that God did not make a mistake when he fashioned you in your mother's womb. That he picked you, he put his hand upon your life, and I see that he made you very intricately. And, I, and it's like that this, you are a very complex person, that there's a lot to you. I, I, see, I see strength and guts <laughs> in your life, but I also see incredible artistic creativity. And it's like that's, been, that's made it hard for you because you're complicated. You're not a straightforward, ching, this is who I am. But, but my sense is that there's a lot of facets to your personality. And, that, and I just want you to know that God has got his hand on your life. He has a special concern for you. He did not make a mistake when he fashioned you. And, and, and your, your dad, and the people here may not be all that pleased about this, but he's going to take you into nations of the world. I just see he's, going to, he's, he's filled you with courage, but he's going to fill you with boldness. And I see you going into places that you, that you wouldn't think you would be able to go to bring breakthrough. I just think tonight the God of miracles is here for you, my friend. 
to carry something powerful into nations of the world. And you have dreamed of this. But I believe you have dreamed of seeing the miraculous healings and raisings from the dead. And God is saying yes. He's saying amen to you tonight, my friend, because you've said yes to him already. Amen. You can sit. Could you stand for me? Here, yes, yes. Your name is, this is for the sake of the tape. Lachlan here. Uh, when I came in and saw you, God just said to me, the evangelist, the call in this man's life is great. And I just see you winning hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people to Christ. Because I see God has broken your heart and he's going to break it again. And when you speak, the tears that come are going to call people out of darkness into a place of life. Because you've known what it is to live in darkness. And now you know what it is to live in light. And as you preach, it will merely be that invitation to come where you already are. And God is going to continue to soften you and break you so you can speak with power and authority. I see you speaking words of revelation, direct revelation into lives of people, revealing secrets that could not be known except God has revealed them to you to, to, to catch the attention and to, and to shake the foundations of people's you know, uh, understanding as God breaks through and bringing uh, to salvation as a result of that through the miraculous. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. In fact, I think if you respond to it, there'll be a thousand people you'll be able to look at and say, God has brought them to me. Amen. You can sit, Lachlan. Your name is Mark here. I just love the, the pastoral call that's in your life, life Mark. I just think you, you have a compassion for people. And, and here's the thing. God wants to add faith to that because you've had a desire to see the miraculous and healings take place in people's lives. And can I just give me a hand for I, I, I just believe that in this hand, God is wanting to add faith so you can reach out and change the, the destinies of people by bringing supernatural healing into their lives. And here's the thing. You've wanted to see God move powerfully on your behalf and demonstrate himself. In fact, your friends have sometimes ridiculed you because of your faith and you haven't had an explanation. Well, I want to say today, the explanation is in your hand right now. The work of healing is going to bring answers to their questions. Yeah. You're good, because I'm, I'm just going to carry on. This young the birthday boy, could you stand for me? Your name is? Jonathan. Jonathan. Uh, just when I saw you, it was before you came out back, she was quite nice to make a prominent of this man. I, there's a great teaching gift in your life. Jonathan, and I just see you've got a great desire to let people understand the truth, and God is going to help you unpack that for them so that they can know the way ahead. I just think you're going to un, you're going to have open doors for people so they know where God is calling them. Amen. God bless you. I'm just carrying on here. This young fellow, you don't mind me prophesying people into missions, do you? <laughs> Could you stand? Your name, Dylan. Has he got a mother here? Oh, hello. <laughs> I'm going to get on to you next, Brett, uh, because this man has got a call to missions. And, and I don't think it's just a part-time call. I see God is going to take you into some nations of the world, and you're going to dwell there for a while, and you're going to call in the presence of heaven. The reason that you're here in this church right now in this environment is to learn how to call the presence in. And, and as you do that, heaven is going to turn up. And I see villages of people responding to the gospel, not because of your great preaching, but because of the presence of the power of God in that place. And it's going to heal people without you even intending that to take place. You're going to want to talk to them about, you know, I don't know, projects and wells and that kind of stuff. And God is going to break out and do amazing, miraculous things. And he's then going to relocate you and relocate you. I, I just see you leaving behind a trail of destruction. Of life's changed. Amen. That's good. I like that. 
Actually, when I was coming down this afternoon, God was showing me that there are a, there are there's a whole new wave of people that you, that you're going to send out into missions over the next few years. A whole wave. I see like um, like envoys that are going to go out, and they're carrying the word, and 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 you need to declare, send forth the word. That's the word I found myself declaring. Send forth the word. They're going to be like envoys that will get planted and others will come after them and works will be established out of it. I feel like um, God is saying that in the same way that the disciples in the upper room um, were full of anticipation and expectation of what was to be about to be released to them, that you as a church need to celebrate in advance what God's going to do. That there's, that there's stuff that he's got planned that will only be released as you celebrate in advance, as you say, yes, bring it on, God. Yeah. You, you can applaud God. That's a good idea, yes. So I, I wasn't going to prophesy of you guys, but I will now. So you could stand for a moment. That's all right, because I wasn't invited to do this, but I'm just, I can do this. I'm allowed to. Because <laughs> I just think you need to, there's a new wave of church planting coming. And I just think you guys need to begin to position yourself to train and equip people. I think you need to have a, a church planting school in Vision College geared specifically for this so you can have your people go through. It's not, for, whether you have, it's not for anybody else. You can invite them if you want to, but it's primarily so you can equip people to do the kind of church planting you want to in this nation and nations of the world. Because I see in your heart is a desire to expand and enlarge and explode. And it's not just kind of, you want to take over. For the kingdom, yeah. You want to take over. And I believe that God wants you to take over. In fact, I just see as you begin to step into this, a new level of authority is going to come in both your lives. The prophetic in your life, Jane, is going to increase. I just see a specificity that's going to come about the call of men and women. And you're going to identify gifts and callings in people's lives to place them in the church planting teams. You're going to know ahead of time who it is that God is giving to you. And he's going to, 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 he's going to gift you with men and women. When he ascended on high, he gave gifts of men. And I believe he's going to entrust some of them to you, children for you. I just think there needs to, there's a new boldness that God is going to bring. And and the consideration of time and that is just going to be truncated. God's going to chop that off because it's going to be an instant knowing of what you meant to do. And I just, and, and I'm going, and you just need to let go of the thinking about it. The, the, I wonder afterwards because the internal confirmation is going to be enough for you. It's going to be a new level of discernment about the right time and the right way. And it's going to be an apostolic act, my friend. It's not going to be filtered through your mind. And, and, and I don't know what the prophetic is like in this church, but I'll tell you this, that the capacity of this man and this woman to do this is going to be dependent on the rising of people with genuine prophetic giftings from within your midst who can, who can just prompt and activate. I was sitting here thinking, the word came up here, activate. I thought, the, activate. Prophetic people are about activating. To activate faith, to activate action. It was called the Acts of the Apostles. Why? Because something was activated. There were acts they undertook. Because something, and I just, the prophetic is going to activate faith inside you. And it's going to cause you to be able to go into a place you hadn't before. I, I want you to begin dreaming big. Dreaming big. Give up your small ambitions. Amen. Amen. You are, you are very... See, I meant to mention the word belonging while I'm here. Is <laughs> here is, is I, I wouldn't want to belong to a house that I didn't, des, that I didn't de, de, desire to serve in. 
Now, I, I, want to, I want to serve somewhere where what I offer is going to create increase and expansion. And if you're here, you're in a good place to do that. Because this couple want to make use of what you've got. And can I say this to you? Hiding away in a corner will not release the destiny of God in your life. Sneaking off and hoping that no one will see what you're doing, not letting anybody get in your life and put their hands on you, will not release the destiny and call of God within you. Only engagement. It says in Acts chapter 2 that they addicted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, which is what most of us do. We listen to, you know, Joyce Myers and I won't list the people because it might seem as though I'm saying negative about them. We listen to people and we have apostolic doctrine in our lives, but we will not yield ourselves to apostolic fellowship. And it says the early church addicted themselves to connection with people who could make a difference in their lives. And as Kiwis, we're so insecure and we're afraid of letting anybody come into our life in case they make a mistake. Well, can I just say this to you? If we will honor and trust our leaders, God will look after the mistakes. I've been serving the apostolic movement now since I was... 24 years old. I, I called to prophetic ministry when I was 24 years old. I was still at medical school. And I was in an environment where I knew people would, 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 would be, I could entrust my gift to them. And that they would cause me to grow and expand and develop. And I can tell you in the intervening years, there have been a lot of things happen. Some mistakes, some were on purpose. Some of them were painful. Some of them were pretty, uh-huh. and there were sometimes I felt like, uh-huh. <laughs> back again. <laughs> But I chose to yield myself to apostolic fellowship, to letting people mold my life. And do you know what I discovered? That God was able to take care of their mistakes. Even the times that they didn't like me and tried to close me down and and work against me, God still worked for me. God still worked for me. Because I believe he saw the faith, the desire in my heart to honor him through the people he put around me. And here's the thing, I've become who I am because of the men and women that are around my life. Not because I'm somebody great, not because I married an amazing woman. That's great. I mean, she, she's amazing because she married me. But you know, it's... We are where we are at now in ministry because there were people around us that faithfully took care of our ministry, but they were able to because we yielded our ministry to them. And I just want to say, if you want to grow, let that happen. Don't just attend church. Don't just listen to sermons. Immerse yourself in the fabric of this place. Don't just come on Sunday nights. I'm allowed to say this. Don't just come on Sunday nights. You know, if you're part of a small group in this church, that's amazing. But turn up on some Sunday mornings as well. You don't have to come to all of them, but turn up on some Sunday mornings because you won't know the heartbeat of this house unless you're in the place where the family's meeting. This is just the supper room. This is where you get, the, the, this is where you get dessert. But you're not going to build up and grow on dessert alone. I'm, I'm, I'm way off right now. You don't mind, though. You're not going to build up and grow on dessert alone. You need some meat. And meat isn't just good, hard, biblical teaching. Meat is people telling you what to do. Jesus said, I have meat you know not of. It's to do the will of my Father. It wasn't to attend synagogue school again. It was the moment he knew the Father had spoken to him and he was doing his will, something solid was established in his life. We need men and women to help us know what the will of God is for our lives. Then we'll grow strong. And you're not just going to get that on dessert. Just excuse me. And, and you won't know family. Uh, Helen and I, we survived university because we became part of family. We got loved by old people. We, we got opportunities to serve young people. I'm talking about, you know, 12 and 13-year-olds. We were part of a family, and we're still part of a family. I just want to say to you, you know, visitors, not to this church, but to 
you know, Sunday night, just think about adding a Sunday morning. Is that okay? I'm allowed to say this because I'm invited and I go home very soon. <laughs> yes, sir, your name is... That's, that's the end of the sermon. That's, can you hear what I'm saying there, though? And, and here's the thing, is this man and this woman are not going to be able to achieve what they're going to do if they've got meager resources, if they've got the leftovers, if they've got people who've got you know, uncertainty, and I'll give you some of my life, but not all of it. They need people who are in boots and all, who have immersed themselves in what God wants to do, because then they can go. It says in Acts chapter 13, those who were sent went, but they had to be captured first before they could be sent and, and, and I just want to say tonight, there's, there's, there's no going past the connection that God is going to place around your life of men and women who are going to mold you and make you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, 7.12. We've got 13 minutes. Yeah. Your name is Michael. I've prophesied over you before, have I, Michael, or not? No. No. Um, because because there was, just for the two of you, okay, I can... There's, there's an element of apostolic gifting in what God is calling you to do. And, and that isn't about, you know, miracles, and it's about permanence. What God is calling you to create and winning people to Christ is permanence. And you're going to leave behind a, a heritage that's permanent. And if you, my friend, you know, there's a, there's a call to create foundations and to dig deep in your own life because God is calling you to create something that will last and, and you've known what it is to be able to flit here and there in the next place and do things that have worked really well. But I believe God is establishing something deep inside you to create a lasting heritage for Christ. And, and, and you know, talking about church planting, I think God has placed in your heart a desire to plant a church. And I, and I believe God is going to create in you the capacity to make that happen. Add to you an element of apostolic authority, a teaching gift you've already got. You, you, you have an ability to see the big picture and, and to bring a sense of structure and framework and order to things. Yeah, well, that's an apostolic gifting that's going to create permanence. And I just think that, and, and, and added to that, there's a call for you to win people to Christ. In fact, I see you going, winning people, establishing a small group, going, winning people, establishing a small group, winning people, establishing a small group. And some of those small groups are going to become churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see that. Is there somebody called Ruth here? Any, any Ruths here? Okay, that's cool. Your name is Aaron. Can you stand for me, Aaron? Because there's a call of God on your life. It really is. And, and I just see you wondering about that. Yeah. Um, and I think heaven wants you to know it's true. In fact, I, I, I see you crying at night at times because you felt like God has forgotten you and passed you over. And some of your friends have done some things that have been amazing. And you thought, God, what about me? What about me? Well, tonight's your night. Tonight's your night, my friend. And, and I think as you say yes in your heart, God is about to do some incredible things through you. Uh, because, you know, it's about miracles tonight, which is why this is, you know, coming. I, I just see you laying hands on people and then being healed. And that's going to answer all your questions, really. Yeah, because your head has this tendency to calculate. Yeah, and then come up with the smallest number. And God's saying to you tonight, enlarge your thinking. It's like God's raising a flag over your life. He's running. He wants to run a flag up a flagpole that's got your name on it. And, you know, just like every flag that 
either nations is like distinctive to that nation. There's something very distinctive on that flag. He's the one that gets to put on the flag what he wants. You've got to give him permission to run the flag up. You two stand, is that right? Yes. Your name is Ruben and Jaden. Jaden. Oh, I just love this about you, Jaden, that, that the call of God is all over your life. And I think people already see that and sense it about you. And and here's the thing, I, I just think don't wait. I, I want him to preach. You can find out where and when and how. So don't wait till you're old, okay? Because you run out of time. Start while you can. Can I just say that to all of you? Now's the time to make the choice to pursue the call of God in your life. Especially if you're a university student here, that's ideal time. You've got all the time in the world to do everything you want to. (laughs) Exams are just kind of a part-time thing. You just fill in to the rest. Come on, because you're in the position where you're making choices about your life, and now's the time to choose for Jesus. Because when you get to my age, it's too late, honestly. It's, it's all over. I mean, that's, you know, I mean I've, got, I've got 30 years of active ministry still to go. But my choices are limited now, whereas when I was young, I had all the world before me. So can we agree tonight, if you're a university student, you're going to make a decision for Jesus? So how can I use my training to glorify you first and then succeed second? Because if you do that, he'll make you succeed. Yeah. When we were at university, when we had our exams, we always took Sundays off. Even if we had an exam on Monday. In fact, our whole church used to take, the university students took Sundays off. We all came to church. Even if we were running out of time, if we hadn't finished our studies, if we were, ah, we all came to church on Sunday and we all passed our exams. Because I think God honoured our trustworthiness with the call of God in our lives. And there are students from our church in, in Dunedin that are all over the world now carrying the call of God because of those choices. We decided then we were going to align ourselves in that way. And it's not too young, it's not too soon, it's not too early to start. And I want you to start, okay? I want you to daily read the Scripture. Just find somewhere in the Bible you like reading. Write something down that God has spoken to you and then share it with somebody in your world, okay? And do that again the next day and the next day and the next day. And when you've got some time and you find yourself excited and writing a whole lot of stuff down, get ready to be asked to preach because that'll be a sign that God's going to use you for that. Amen. And, and my friend here, I just think, I think God has opened your eyes to be able to see truth that isn't visible. So there's a prophetic edge to your life. And I think God is going to open your heart to know the significance of the things that he's showing you. So when you speak them, people's lives can be changed and blessed. Yeah, bless you, my friend. Yep. I want to prophesy over Luke and Maria. How do we do that? Get Maria to stand up and okay. Luke can play. You can play standing. Luke, can I prophesy over you and Maria? You have to keep you have to keep, have to keep playing. He doesn't have to keep playing. Yes, he, he can does. come down, can't he? he? Can, no. oh. You come down, Luke. Don can do with that. Is this good? Uh, we've we've committed ourselves. The reason why Andrew is here is actually because I invited him. <laughs> Because when we finish tonight, we would like to be able to minister to as many of you who would like to. Now, if we get tired, we'll just have to say stop. So just, I don't know what to do. Um, uh, and Andrew will join me. Helen will be there. Uh, because God is always speaking. And sometimes he uses people to be really specific about what he wants to say. But he's available to you tomorrow morning just as much as he is tonight. And uh, we've got some resources actually out in the foyer. So when you go and have the... What do you call the supper? Snack and chat. Uh, just take your snack and your chat over to the table. And, and just, 
just to have a look and see if there's anything that's going to help you in your walk with Jesus, because one of them is a book that Helen has written about daily devotional life that is the best book you will ever buy. And if you can't afford to buy it, then go to one of the adults that's here. Say, I'm a poor university student. Could you buy me this book? Adult, if, it, if one of the university students comes to you, say yes. You'll be investing in a destiny for those people. Amen. This is not about buying a book. This is about engaging in something that's going to change people's lives. It's, it is the most, yeah, it's just the best book on devotional life. I love being married to him. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, can I, congratulations, you guys. <laughs> that, that is just awesome. Um, the word that I've got for you is, um, you know, in Psalm 23, it says, you prepare a table before me. And then it goes on to say, in the presence of my enemies. Well, I don't see any enemies, but I see God preparing a table for you, laying the table. But I see that you get to choose the dishes that you want on that table and some courses. That now is the time for you to be making choices about your life together and the call of God that you share together jointly. It's a time of choices. It's a time of picking some things out that you would like to, to see in your life together. And I see that there are some dishes that are going to come on the table that God's picked for you, that you didn't pick yourself. There'll be surprises, some unexpected surprises. I also see that there will be some dishes on that table that are international dishes. I see international ministry ahead for you. I don't know when and I don't know how, but there will be some international dishes on that table. That's it. God's prepared a table for you. I just want to say, God is going to use your business sense to make lots of money. So whatever else you do, God is going to... That's all right, isn't it? We'll have a lineup of people who want to have the same blessing. <laughs> and and I, just see, I just see a quickening of the prophetic cords in your life, just to be sharp and clear and to bring breakthrough for people. Amen. Bless you guys. You need to take a seat. Brett, do you, to, do you want to stand for me, Mr. Bass Player? Is, is here's, here's the thing. I, I just see God is restoring hope in your life. And, and here's one of the ways in which he's going to do it. I believe he wants to use your partnership with some of the church planting that's going to take place. And I just see your life being multiplied in the lives of others as you bring input into them in terms of how to believe Jesus. I just think, I think you have experience of how to trust and believe Jesus that he wants you to pass on. I just want to say that to you, okay? Mr. Drummer, is here. I think God has made you an aggressive man, not because you're a drummer. Just and he's and and I and I just think he's about to release an understanding of faith in your life that's going to create incredible breakthrough for you. Yep, incredible breakthrough for you. I get, just get ready for miracles as a result of the faith that's on you. This young man here with the grey hoodie, just at the back. Yes, could you stand for me? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. There's not many other grey hoodies here. Your name is Matthew. Matthew, I, I just think God loves your heart. Loves your heart. And, and I, think, I think there's a call of God in your life. I think to win people to Jesus out of the relationship you build with them because you know the scriptures and you know Jesus and that combination is going to be unstoppable. It's going to be, you know, people just won't be able to avoid the attraction that there is in that. He's going to bring around you people. I just see you with a great discipling ministry of equipping and establishing people. In fact, do you belong to this church? No. Sorry? Just moved here recently. Oh, I sometimes have the habit of calling people into churches. 
No, 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 you can't sit yet. <laughs> Wherever you are. I was going to say, I just see you having a fruitful ministry here in this church, but that's probably not fair if you haven't chosen. But I just see you bearing fruit. Uh, Jesus said, you'll bear fruit that remains. And I just see disciples that are going to remain in the kingdom as a result of your ministry. Yeah. Yeah. That good? Yeah. I think we're coming to... Yeah, I've got one more. Oh, okay. Just remembered. <laughs> okay. Well, right? You girls here, I, I just... Do you want to all stand for me? Are you, are you friends together or you just happen to sit here in the same place? You are friends, yeah. Because I, I just saw a really powerful intercessory ministry being released through your being together, praying together. You've got a great teaching gift, which is wonderful. You've got a real heart for people, which is amazing. You've just got an ability to see behind things, that's a discernment that's there that's of God. And I just think you're just an amazing person. You're just, isn't she lovely? She's a lovely person. It's lovely, and and and, and oh, my. oh, I was just going to I was going to do a quick sweep pass so we could all go home. <laughs> There's a call of God on your life, yeah, and and to pastor. Actually, I see you on the staff of a church, yeah, pastoring a staff pastor, just doing a great job. And I just I love the fact that you know what it is to battle in the spirit. And I just together, I just see you bringing breakthrough, agreeing together in prayer. You're all so different. But I think that's the, that's the power in your praying together. And as we find those places of agreement, I just see you like a sharp javelin piercing the works of the enemy to bring breakthrough and freedom. And I just there are going to be people that you're going to think, let's pray for this person today, friends, relatives, and others. You're just going to see great fruit. Yeah, you go for it. Yeah. You know, God says that we're better together. Isn't that great? We're better together. And the church is the only grouping of people where we come from such incredibly different backgrounds. And God says, I'm creating oneness out of you. That's right. I can do oneness. We're called to be part of God's household. That means we're no longer like foreigners and aliens. That's what Peter talked about. And he talked about people that were just passing through. You're not passing through anymore. You're called to be planted here. And when we, when we get into trouble, it's, it's those around us that help us. In fact, I, the, I, this is my last picture or sense. I've, I sense there's somebody here, um, and you've been in a storm, and you've got into a bit of trouble, that there's some trouble that's come on your life, and it's like you've come into land like a bird after a storm, and it's like you've got a broken leg, and you've kind of landed in a heap in the sand, and you can't even stand up because you hurt your leg. It might even be a literal broken leg that hasn't healed properly. But if that's you, I would we would love to pray for you and know that there's a household of God that's here and God wants us to support one another. That means we've got to seek refuge and, and seek refuge in the, in the household of God. Yeah, he's so good. He's such a good God. You know, um, we're going to finish with this. I was reading this week about a group of people called the Moravians. And they were a whole diverse group of people who came from all sorts of different backgrounds. They ended up living in the, in the lands of a man called Count Zizendorf. You practice that at night. Zizendorf in Germany. There were about 300 of them. And they were from such, di- they've been together for five years. They were from such diverse backgrounds that they got into huge conflict together. Religious persecution had driven them out of their homes. They'd come and escape to this place. 
And Count Zizendorf, and, and it got so bad that it was in danger of exploding. And Count Zizendorf got up and said, we're going to write a covenant of brotherhood where we belong, where we agree we're here in this place and we're not going to let division come. We're going to let breakdown relationship come and separate us. We're going to work to be one people. I'm just picking up from what Helen said a moment ago. They signed that document on, I think, the 12th of May, 1727. On the 13th of August, 1727, in the communion service, the Spirit of God came so powerfully that they couldn't get up and out of the building and began a huge move of God that went for 100 years, praying morning and night, 24 hours. Pictures you see on the internet, if you look up, of men and women lying prostrate on the ground. That means lying flat down, praying, crying out to God. Children pleading with Jesus to come and change their lives. People from the community who were not at that meeting, uh, miles down the road, recognizing the Spirit of God had touched them where they were. Because people chose to reconcile relationships and to live as one. Uh, those people sent out two young men. One was a potter, one was a carpenter. Uh, one of, they were 23 years old. They spanned the globe, planting in uh, the West Indies and Africa and South America and Greenland. Oh God, not Greenland. And in 20 years, they had more missionaries on the mission field than the whole of the Protestant church had in the previous 200 years. Many of their missionaries carried coffins with them because of their commitment to die where they were. And, and that, that revival sparked the remove of God in other nations of the world because 300 people decided they were going to live together well. And we live in a nation that so easily ignores relationships that break down, get resentful and carry all sorts of offenses in our lives. And we stop the supernatural power of God when we do that. And I just think tonight in this house, there is a capacity for God to do the miraculous in our lives if we'll agree to live in open communion with Him and with one another. And that's how I want to finish to pray tonight, that we're going to minister to people. I just want to pray that, that, that wow, that that thing that drove those people to seek Jesus will, will drop on this church and will grab you with a passion for him that's unstoppable. Would you like that? I know. I, I, I just The thing that grips my spirit right now is I, I want to have an unstoppable passion for Jesus. Costs me everything. Yes. Why live for anything less than that? It's manageable and interesting and predictable. Oh, no, thank you. If it costs me everything I have, count me in. Count me in. Amen.